Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Because he's out there. Can you imagine the time that Matt Candell is having right now? Must yeah. be unbelievable. Running um, around East London, creating a new firm, isn't he? I, I wonder what Matt Candela's football firm might be. Obviously, you know, the candles and things like that. When the candles turn up, your lights go out. <laughs> that yeah. kind of vibe, you know? He, he, um, he used to roll with... The away fans, and he's he's been into he he got beaten up by a bunch of Spurs fans in the oh, past. Right. He's been a bit naughty in the past. I hope he doesn't mind oh. me telling everybody that Matt was a hooligan back in the day. I don't know where yeah. he was a hooligan. I just think he got beaten up. But um, he's written... I, maybe you can talk about that at some point. I was going to say because actually you were just about to big him up like yeah he could handle himself in a firm, and then you just went he got he got beaten up. <laughs> Good morning and welcome to a new edition of the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. I hope I burst your eardrums. I'm over the moon. I'm with Johnny Cochran. When I came onto the podcast earlier, he was singing in the background, chanting, because we have just had an absolutely monstrous result against West Ham. Johnny Cochran, how are you feeling right now? Yeah, um, I think like most Arsenal fans, there will be, um, you know, there's a... It, it's it may have shaved years off my life the last twenty minutes Ooh. of that. Um, it certainly felt like um, it was like as I was saying to you earlier, like a story that we'd seen so many times before, read so many times before. I should say, you know, um, I, I first of all I was surprised at how strong their lineup was, but when you got Antonio coming on the off the bench, I was thinking, oh here it go, here it comes. It's going to be a last minute sucker punch. In a game that we absolutely, you know, if we won, it would be huge. And it is huge. And to have stuck in there, dogged it out, you know, some real big boy performances out there. Hats off to the lads. Hats off to Mikel. That is, the last three results have been nothing short of fucking superb. Like, what are you talking about? Literally, give me Chelsea, Man U and West Ham. Everyone's getting slapped up. One, two, three. I don't. I don't even remember that Brighton Palace run anymore. I don't remember it. I'm not thinking about it. I'm thinking about our so-called competitors getting one after the other walloped. Left hook, right hook. Everyone's down. Clearing house like Matt Candela on the cobbles. You know he's retired the cosh. We know. We know that's got away now. He don't, no Chelsea brick for him. It's done. No Chelsea <laughs> brick. But um, yeah, you know. We came in more pandied to East London and we and we stole off with the goodies. And don't give it large, Declan Rice. Step back. Step out of Eddie's face. Step out. That's the only thing I wanted to see more people. I was... Obviously, but listen, don't step to Arsenal. We just slapped you up in your own ground. Don't step to us. Honestly, you're embarrassing. So, and what, West Ham? Have that and, what and let's get this job done. Yeah, I, 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 I am... I won't talk about the game. I'll just talk about this time last season, 
nothing mattered. It was boring watching Arsenal. I know that we had a, you know, a really solid run from December 26th through to the end of the season. We picked up a lot of points, but winning the half season top four table is worth nothing. I mean, you, you know, you, you, you're not playing under pressure. As a fan, you're not really watching with a lot of interest. This season, every game matters. We're four games out and it still matters. And I don't care what anybody says. You know, those boring standard merchants that are like, well, you know, top four, we should be aiming for first. Yeah, sure, we should. But top four is where we're aiming right now. Every game is a cup final. Every game feels like a cup final when I'm watching it. And these young kids just keep on doing it. How they deal with this pressure. I mean, like, uh, you know, watching uh, watching Chelsea crumble uh, Everton earlier today. Like Arsenal were three points away from Chelsea. That's the European champions. It's just unbelievable. It's unbelievable. But um, I think that we do want to talk about the football because there's plenty of exciting things uh, to jump into. But let's just go right into the hottest of takes. Johnny, which one hottest take are you going to have? You've got 55 minutes. Yeah, You're yeah, going to have to true. stick to the agenda. Um, Guts. That's, that's the headline. That's the tag. Guts. It's a team that is growing up, maturing, and everything we hoped for is starting to bear fruit. And that is that these kids, they don't have fear. Alongside some very able, um, you know, uh, accompaniments from experienced players like Granit Xhaka. And um, I thought that Gabrielle was superb today. Um, Bob Holding, I mean, we're going to get on to these individual performances. Bob Holding, absolutely outstanding. Um, and Eddie, uh, who put in a shift and a half. And we're going to talk about him as well. But, you know, if you want to pin me down to one subject, it is the courage and the bravery. That well, that is not an easy place to go. They've been having their way with a lot of teams this year. And Arsenal stepped up and showed that they are going to... Basically, we're not going to have it handed to us. Nothing's going to get given to us. We are going to have to go and take it. And for that, we're going to need courage and confidence in our own ability to get this done. And I think that that is what is starting to be on show for everyone to see. These guys are not sitting here hoping to just kind of get lucky. They're staring down West Ham and saying, listen, we're coming here for the win. And of course, um, I'd be remiss if I didn't touch on the point you just made there. Chelsea lost today. They're losing to shit teams. I've said for a while we should be focusing on third. Not that third should be, you know, the goal at the start. It would be an outrageous achievement to finish third. But don't be, let's not just be looking over our shoulder at Tottenham Hotspur. Chelsea are a mess. They've got to win games. Obviously, their goal difference makes it, you know, it's basically like another point. We're not going to catch them on goal difference. So, we will need them to not only to either draw two games or lose one and draw one. Um, they're going to have to drop points in two games and we would have to win out. But there's no reason why we can't look at it and say, well, Leeds United is an absolute, well, they're all must-win games, but they're, they're probably not going to be, to, to double-speak myself, they're probably not going to all be must-win games, which is what we are all hoping for and what we would all, um, you know, really benefit from and our hearts would benefit from as Arsenal fans in the sense that if Liverpool don't roll over against Tottenham and do what is expected of them and they have to win all their games because they really are in must-win situations, then even if they get a draw with Tottenham, then we go to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium not not needing to get anything out of it. We can, it's still in our hands. Of course, I then think that playing with that freedom and liberty, I think, could mean that we do something to them as well because they... Listen, I watched that Tottenham game today. Leicester, what the fuck are you doing? Shit performance. And I and we're gonna get we're gonna touch on this one one way or another. West Ham are days away from the biggest game of their last decade, 20 years, and they're putting out full strength teams against us. You know, what Antonio's, was he thinking? Well, what was you know, he we, thinking? Lunatic. we can't sit here and force David Moyes to play, you know, a weakened team. But what I would say is we can't complain. Um, as I was saying on Twitter earlier, that West Ham have played a strong team against us. But we can complain that Leicester we, put out the fucking can. B team. That's a fucking joke. And at the end of the day, that that scoreline flattered Spurs. 
And if it they, did. you know, if they perform it like really that against did. Liverpool, they're going to get banged up and they'll be five points behind us as long as we handle our biz with Leeds. And there's no reason why Leeds can't get a real pump in when they come to the Emirates. That's a take, I guess. Wow, that's a hot take. That's a hot take. L- listen, my, my hot take is, is, is big game pressure. Big game pressure. I, if you'd said to me, which three games do you want to win? Uh, Palace, Brighton or Southampton or Chelsea, Man United and West Ham on the bounce. I'm taking the latter three because that gives us momentum carrying through. The frustrating thing is, even if you've got four points, four points from those games, you'd, you'd have top four sewn up by now and you would be challenging Chelsea because you'd be in third place. But we don't need to worry about that right now. The important thing is we are dealing with a lot of injuries. We've lost Tommy Asu again. Tommy Asu showed exactly the player that we've been missing for a long time. Absolutely imperious at the back. I cannot believe that we picked him up for £15 million. He's imposing. He's strong. He's calm on the ball. Uh, you know, he was one of the sort of lead players breaking the lines at the back. Um, I thought we had a really difficult first half. You could see that the players were nervous. A lot of balls going back to the defence over and over again. Um, the big thing for me was... Mikel gets a lot of criticism for what he does at halftime, but whatever he said at halftime, it worked because the players came out with a lot more confidence. I thought Jack had some scary moments, but he played some unbelievable balls in that second half. Um, and, you know, we will get onto it. I don't want to go through every single player, but I said Eddie, Eddie Nketiah was putting a performance in on about 55 minutes. And Elliot from the Arsenal Vision podcast was like, performance at what? And it's like how you couldn't see what he was doing out there. I thought he was absolutely brilliant all day. You know, the, a lot of the things that we've lacked in a striker haven't, you know, that hasn't all just been goals. It's been um, having a physical presence. And I thought what Eddie did, especially in the second half, like dropping deep, uh, going down when he needed to, collapsing on the ball. Um, I thought he was passing around corners. I thought he was running the channels really well. He was making decoys and he was banging those shots in. People say that he can't score from outside six yards. I know that he didn't score today, but I thought he had a really, really good game. And I think that he's making a great case for a new contract. But overall, uh, Mikel Arteta says, before every game, they say, well, do you think the pressure is going to get to the kids? He said, listen, every single game since January has been a pressure game and they've stood up to the test. And I, I thought that I thought the way that the boys dealt with the David Moyes sleight of hand with the start in 11, I thought the way that they... Um, managed uh, West Ham scoring a second goal in the second half. Like we didn't, we didn't fall back on ourselves. We actually, um, we actually came out fighting in the second half. And look, this is a results game and these boys just keep on delivering results. And I am immensely proud to be an Arsenal fan at the moment because going away to that Olympic stadium, doesn't matter what team they put out. Like West Ham held Chelsea to the 91st minute last week. Uh, I think Chelsea managed like six shots on target or whatever. So that was it was never going to be an easy game. We've shown up and we put the pressure right back on Spurs because Spurs go to Liverpool in the next game. So um, let's go into, um, I don't even know where to start today. Bob Holden has beautiful hair. Uh, let's just give, let's just give Rob Holden some props out here. He looks like he's got too much hair now. I'm going to be honest. I don't, know, I, I don't know what he's putting on that head, but he looks like he's got too much hair going on. But he's grown in stature. The ability to come into a team at any point, put in a solid performance. I thought in the first half, he actually did a Ben White-like job. He was the only one in central defence that was playing defence-breaking lines. He looked assured all game. Uh, and he's seen it out. Like, give me, give me, uh, give me some flowers uh, for, for Rob Holden, Johnny. What did you think today? I'd like to take those flowers and place them in that wonderful bit of tapestry that is Bob Holding's new hairline. It's, it's wonderful. He deserves his flowers today. He, he was absolutely immense. And when Ben White, it was announced that he wasn't going to start. It's not to say that, you know, Bob Holding deputising terrifies me or anything, but you would think that overall, Ben White offers more in terms of being more comfortable on the ball and, you know, is is Rob Holding going to be able to to deal with it if he starts getting pressed by a, a, a busy West Ham team? But I thought he was absolutely superb today. I mean, when this is what you need 
to in a race this tight, the likes of which we haven't seen for a very long time now. We haven't been involved in these kinds of races for meaningful prizes anyway. Um, and for what you need to get over the line in situations like this is you need your backups to come in and not let anyone down. You know, we, we had a little run with the likes of Cedric doing five or six games of the bounce, looking very good while he was there. But for someone like Rob Holding to come into a crunch game like this and be the best player on the pitch, because that's what he was. He was imper- imperious at the back, but some massive blocks, um, got himself in the way he was brave. But also that header, let's talk about the goal. I mean... When you want to talk about someone looking at their own physical size and just going full Darwinian on someone and going, I'm bigger than you, get out the way. Whack. Out the way, Lanzini, little boy. You're a little boy. This is big boy shit. Whack, there's the header, and we're 1-0 up. And it was lovely to see, using his big body to just rough someone up. And at the end of the day, that set the tone for the whole game. And I thought that, you know... It was worrying when, obviously, we conceded. It went back to one one all, and you're thinking, oh, are we going to fold? But Rob Holding was, you know, essential in us not crumbling because I thought both the goal scorers, you know, Gabriel as well, um, they were excellent against a, a, a West Ham team that have given nightmares to a range of teams this year. They've got pace. They've got, you know, good energy. They've got a great little finisher in Jared Bowen when he, you know, and he plays in the kind of, in the margins in between. He's not quite a striker, so he's very hard to pick up. And I thought that they dealt with all that West Ham threw at them really, really well. Um, It was just, it was just wonderful to watch from Bob Holding today. And, um, you know, if we do get top four, it's going to be because of everyone. There are no people, you know, holding coats here for others. Everyone's no passengers. To, no passengers. You know, everyone's had to come in and chip in. And I honestly believe that it's it will be era-defining. This is what I'm saying. This is why it's so important, I think, that we need to get this. Because the feather in the cap for all these guys that are showing huge improvement, it would it would crystallise the progress that we're seeing if we can get over the line and show resilience that we haven't in previous years bottle that we haven't in previous eras you know um and these young players to have been like you know what Saka and Smith Rowe they probably can't even drink in America do you know what I mean and and they're already like yeah I mean you know tit for tat races for top four but I don't crumble and that's already on my resume so um massive well done to Bob Holding I thought that he um really encapsulated how well we set about our, our task today. He was fantastic. And, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know how long Ben White's going to be out for, but certainly... Hopefully he'll be back. I think I think he'll be back for the Spurs game. But, but I guess it, it depends. It, we might play with three at the back at Spurs. You never know. Exactly. But what I'm saying to you is, more than anything, whether Ben White's back or not, it means that we would look at Bob Holding stepping in with a lot less trepidation and we would suddenly be like, you know what? Certainly against a team like Leeds, we're going to be able to come in there. Uh, he's going to be able to step in and not let the level drop. Certainly not dramatically. Fantastic today, Bob. S- sensational. Yeah, I, I mean, there's not much that I can add to that. I just, I just love the attitude and the focus. You know, he probably played the most out of any of our centre backs last season. Was in a was in a defense that was the third best in the league. Come the end of the season, he gets dropped this season. Never complains, you know. Steps out against racism in the dugout. Um, he, he's he's got the best hair in the team, best hairline, and he's just dropping world class performances when you need him most. And I love that. And I think what's great about potentially getting into the Champions League this year. I mean, let's just stop right now. Arsenal. Are mathematically into the Europa League now, so we've hit we've hit the target for the year. We're in the Europa League, um, and that means Rob Holden will get more games next year, and he'll deserve them, you know. And if we get into the Champions League, he's going to play in the Champions League next year, and that's the dream for any player. Um, I just love I love what a leader he is, and I I also love that he's trying to improve his game. He was doing some of those little Ben White runs into midfield. Uh, scared me because I don't think he's as good on the ball as Ben White. 
um, he's he's evolving the way that he plays and that he passes. You know, it's uh, it's not he's not a sideways pass merchant anymore. Makes himself available. Um, he's a lot more confident, but he's resilient. And I, I think that you need that in in squads. You know, look at some of the I don't know, great players that Man United used to have. I mean. Gary Neville, you wouldn't call him world-class, but he could come in and do a job. John O'Shea, not world-class, but would always come in and do a job, particularly against Arsenal. Rob Holding can be an important part of our squad next season as we continue to push forward. You can't have four Ben Whites in defence when you're Arsenal. And I actually think that you sometimes need players with like a different mindset. Ben White's always thinking about how to, to, to break the lines. Bob Holding's just thinking about getting that ball out of the box. And... Um, you know, when you're going into the final 20 minutes of a game, if it's in the Champions League and you bring Rob Holden on and you know that he's going to do a job, I just think that that's massive for the side. So I'm uh, I'm super happy with that performance out there. Let's talk about, um, let's move on to, uh, like before we get too into the game, the David Moyes sleight of hand. That, like that David Moyes is, is basically Mikel Arteta's football dad. He knows that he needs top four this season. Moyes has got nothing to play for. The biggest game of Moyes' last decade is against Frankfurt this week. Frankfurt play tomorrow. They're smack bang in the middle of the Bundesliga. They're going to rest every single player. Um, they're a high-energy team. And David Moyes rolls with his strongest team. Like, firstly, what the hell is he thinking? Because now his team have lost quite an energy-sapping game against the young Arsenal side they probably fancied themselves against. Secondly, they're going to lack a bit of energy going into Thursday. If he loses that game, West Ham fans are going to be on him about his strategy for this weekend. But Johnny, like the shithousery to do that to your son, it's a betrayal. Why did he do that? What was he thinking, Johnny? What, what do you think the mindset behind rolling with that team was today? Because he certainly didn't need the points in the Premier League. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I was having a chat with um, someone who I believe is watching as well. Shout out to Jopper. And he was saying that, you know, on Twitter, he was saying, we can't, as Arsenal fans, be complaining that West Ham have fielded a strong team. It, we need to go out and handle our business. And overall, I have to say, I agree with that. Like, we can't be looking for favours here. We, are, we need to get over the line ourselves and we need, to, we need to go out there and seize it. But on the same note, I don't think it's... Too much to draw the comparison with what Leicester did today. Who I, I, I'm not, I think Leicester are in the conference as well, they're not even in the Europa League. So, no, I always forget know, that. I'm like, there's a lot of people in this semi final of the Europa, and they're yeah, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> there's they're, another, there's another tournament. They're in the new Intertoto Cup, you know. I mean, it, it's it's the Johnson's Vans trophy in Europe. What do you even win? What do you even win out of that trophy? Do you, do you get anything? I, I think you get an Easter egg at the end, you know. I mean, it's, it's nothing, <laughs> nothing. Of any real value, there's no opulence in that in that um, no. tournament. But at the end of the day, Brendan Rodgers coming out there, James Madison. I'd like to see you getting some game time, please. Where's Barnes? Where's you know? I mean, all of this, and 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 they're knocking about with second string players throughout their team, and for a chunk, certainly for the goal, and for a massive chance they gave away right after the goal, they look like second string players. And at the end of the day, I don't mind if. You know, if West Ham want to play their full strength team, but why Leicester get, you know what I mean? When it, we have rights to complain, not so much that West Ham have fielded their strong team, but we have rights to complain that Leicester, even with their backup team, could have maybe got some out of that game, but still, they should be putting their foot, their, their best foot forward. And obviously, Leicester fans will be sitting there going, we don't owe Arsenal anything. You know what I mean? I couldn't give a shit. And I, I understand that, but that, is what's a bit annoying, that it seemed like Leicester gave Tottenham a bit of an easy rider. And I watched that game, and Spurs looked shit. really shaky. They looked yeah. really nervous. It ain't Ooh, just yeah. us feeling getting our hearts rates going. When goals go in, they, they are literally like rabbits in the headlights. And they're obviously leaning heavily on Kane and Son to score all their goals. Obviously, we're not in that situation where we have a prolific front man, although we will be talking shortly about our front man, um, who's going to score, you know, loads of goals every week that we can rely on. But the rest of their team looks shaky. And I think that that is 
um, you know, it bodes well for when we go to their ground because you can get at them and you can get at them mentally. So that's good to see. But, you know, ultimately, I'm not going to come out here and slate David Moyes too much for it. I do think that, you know, after 70 minutes, if you're, if you're losing, take, take Declan Rice off. Do you know what I mean? Give us a yeah. chance, mate. You know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with Listen, that. Uh, Johnny, this is, this is the Arsenal opinion, not the Arsenal unopinion. And on the Arsenal opinion, we do complain. And I'm not having it. I will complain about David Moyes doing that. It was uh, it's like when people say, "Yeah, you can't can't complain about the referee. Everybody's got a referee." No, no, no. Like the 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 madness of this. I don't think the Conference League or whatever it is. I don't even think they get an Easter egg. Uh, but the Europa League, you get a you get a path to the Champions League. That is worth forty million. That puts David Moyes. I think you said it last week. He's on he's on listening tours. He's writing a book about the time he got West Ham into fourth. Everybody wants to buy him a drink in the pub. And he looked at, he looked at the, the week and said, Do you know what? I'm going to put all my best players out against Arsenal in a completely meaningless Premier League game. West Ham went down twice. That is emotionally draining. Arsenal are a very difficult side to play against from a physical perspective. Like Declan Rice on late and into the second half, having a fight with Eddie Nketiah. Like, you fried his brain out there. If I was a West Ham fan, I would be absolutely seething at the moment. Because if you... I, I, I can understand at a base level. It's like, West Ham was shit against Frankfurt at home. David Moyes wants to say to the players, this is the first win of two this week, my boys. And then we're in the final. Now, he's got... Half his team is exhausted. I mean, I think you've got Mark Noble complaining in the press that they didn't have a lot of time to focus from Thursday night. And now he's going to go into this Thursday game. Frankfurt are not mugs. They, they're part of that Ralph Ranick gagan pressing philosophy. They're going to absolutely rattle at West Ham. They've got uh, one of the most vociferous supporter groups on the planet. And you know what? This is the cost of David Moyes. I would have been a supporter of West Ham this week. And now I'm not. You've lost my support, my friend. I'm going to be tweeting negative things about you all game. I'm going to be getting right under your skin. So I'm sorry, David Moyes, you absolutely blew it today. And I hope you lose on Thursday. And I, I honestly can't believe that a manager of his experience in his position would roll with a team like that when he's one nil down in the Europa League. So good, good riddance to you. And I hope you don't make the Champions League. I hope, Rangers, right. I hope Rangers get in there. That Wouldn't is that right, West Ham. Stick in the throat. You've lost Pedro as a surrogate supporter for one week. The price I'm of done. war is too high. You know, I'm done. yeah, yeah. Like I am heavy, done. heavy is the crown that uh, that the king wears, and and Moises, um, heavy is the head, I should say, that um, wears the crown, and Moises really cost himself. Well, that that actually gives us a lovely segue into the next segment. Ooh. We're talking of the crown. Eddie the King, top of his game. I'm not even going to say what you normally call him because he's Premier League Eddie as far as I'm concerned. Um, I want to talk about Eddie Nketiah because I thought he had a storming performance out there today. Someone must have whispered in his ear, Johnny Cochran says you only shoot inside six yards because you've got a weak shot. Well, I tell you what, he was having a crack from all over the place today. Got a little bit out of control at one point, hit the target at least four times. Um, he ran the lines all game. He was making these beautiful off-the-ball runs. I love that he was trying, he was actually doing a lot of the work that Lacazette usually does, dropping deep into midfield, but he had the power and pace to get back up the field. And um, I thought he was brilliant. I think he deserves uh, a new a new contract. And my favorite part of it, Ian Wright got on Eddie's back, said he never he never seems to care. And I think Matt Candela said Eddie's just an expressionless guy, but I loved in an 89th or 90th minute, Eddie rattling the entire West Ham squad, causing a big melee, and they, they lost their focus. Um, what did you think of Eddie's performance out there today? And how important is he going to be in the final four games of the season, Johnny? Eddie Kroger at it again, isn't he? Another yes. one having nightmares. Kurt Zuba. Oh. Yeah, he's <laughs> yes. having nightmares about, about cats coming back for revenge and Eddie Kroger lighting him up. I mean, panicked, spooked, sensational for Medi today. I I think that, if I'm honest, and I want to, you know, it's a very happy day and I'm going to give him his flowers overall, but 
I also think that you saw both sides of Eddie, and that is that he did not let anyone down with his effort, with his hunger, with his, you know, willing. But there were opportunities where he showed that he just isn't quite, you know, he's just not a he's not top level, I don't think. But what he what he did do is he it was it's kind of like the Leno effect, isn't it? How do you remember when we used to say Oh, Leno's not our biggest problem. And that was until Ramsdale came in and it showed you. Hector Bellerin was probably the most, not our biggest problem of the last five years, I would say. Yeah, we had that as well. And then you see Tommy Asu coming and you go, oh, actually, we were really, we were struggling a lot more than what we thought. Um, you know, it it shows that w- what a different player can add to the whole, you know, formula that is the team. Uh, and, and we can get... Uh, we can improve dramatically based on a different player offering different things. And what Eddie has done since replacing Lacquer, first of all, I mean, Lacquer, on your holidays now, mate, you ain't getting another kick. There's no, there's no point. No talk point. to whoever you want. Off you go. Talk Off to you whoever go. you want. Yeah, 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 yeah. Quick, quick as you can, mate, because, well, actually come back just in case there's an injury. But uh, overall... If everyone's fit, you ain't starting another game for Arsenal. You played your last one. Cheers for cheers for your service. Eddie looks hungry up top. He's just marauding around up there. And and if you notice today, there was that um, opportunity that when Kufal played a short back pass and Eddie was onto it, and it was just like you know in the game against Chelsea. But it can't be a coincidence that Eddie keeps getting onto these loose back passes. It's because of what he does. He bothers people. He's that rash, the rash that won't go away, that is down your pants that you don't want anyone to talk about. You know what I mean? I, I know about, I should say. But, you know, I'm not talking about myself, of course. Uh, he he is just all over him. He just, and he won't, he, he smothers. And sometimes we know that we've not been getting the productivity out of our strikers in terms of goals, but... What a striker can do for you in terms of maintaining pressure, in terms of giving them something to think about. If we had had Lacazette up front today, we wouldn't have won today. And that, that's a you know that irrespective of goals, because Eddie didn't even score. But he gave them so much to think about. And of course, it was encapsulated by the shithousery that was going on. I mean, g- grabbing um, Cresswell by the cuff. I loved oh, it, I loved it. I, I love it. It just told him, look, what's happening? I'm Eddie and Ketia. Do you ask about, ask Tiago Silva about me? Nightmares. I'm grabbing you by the cup. What are you going to do? And Declan Rice coming over here, giving it the large one because he's on a JD sports advert going, oi, like, don't try it, Declan. Do you know what I mean? We've, we've, got, we've got serious dudes as well. Have you seen Gabriel roughing people up? Bob Holding just threw Manuel Lanzini into the floor. Do you want to mess with Bob? Do you? Don't mess no, with mate. Bob. No, you no don't. One does. No one um, does. So at the end of the day, there's a, it's, encapsulates the nasty little edge that we've got back into our game and is so important for top teams to have. I mean, we all know when we watch Liverpool and Man City, they're always doing snidey shit all the time and, and bothering the ref and, and you know, nagging players like in, 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 the, in, in areas that they just don't want to be bothered by. And I thought, I thought this is probably... Well, it's probably it's obviously not his best performance, Eddie. In terms of Chelsea, was his best performance, but I thought he was absolutely superb today, and one of the best performances I've ever seen from him for the club because he was just a constant yep. ball of energy and was so integral to us getting the three points today. Yeah, I, I'd agree. I love it when people are like he's not the level. He's not the level. Yes, he is the level. He's Eddie is one hundred and ten percent the level to be Arsenal's. Second choice striker next season. I think he's, uh, you know, let's just talk through some of the stats. He had six shots today, four on target. I don't think Lacazette's had four shots on target in the whole of 2022. But to, to your point, Johnny, it's, uh, you're not you're not imagining it. Ball recoveries, eight. That's, yes. that's as many as, that, that's, just, that, that's the joint top with Nuno Tavares, who's actually a defender. Um, <laughs> he, he won half of his um, aerial, uh, his attacking duels. He had three take-ons, uh, four take-ons, and he got three of them. Um, and I would, I would love to know, like, some of the uh, the, the deeper data on Eddie and on what he did today, because 
I, I thought some of the runs that he made was fantastic. I love it when he comes, drops into midfield now. I, I, I think he got hit from behind uh, in one of our earlier games and he didn't go down. It was one of the games that we lost and he was a bit naive, but he's sharpening up. But I, I loved I loved him rattling people at the end of it. I love that people are calling him a rash because he is. And I, I think that if you continue to give him games, remember, the guy is 22 years old. There are not many strikers in the Premier League that are 22 years old that are scoring 20 goals a season. You know, there's like two or three of them in the world. Eddie will get better. And he would get more mature. And normally, when a striker like that hits four on target, one of them's going in. And that's where he's got to get to. I mean, and it, th th these weren't all tame shots. They required a couple of really, really good saves from Fabianski. But I love that Eddie's getting a run in the side. He's making the case. And when we talk, will he sign a new deal in the summer? There are a couple of things at play. I think everyone's getting a little bit carried away by what they think our transfer budget's going to be this summer. If you don't have to worry about a second striker this summer, that's saving you 35, 40 million pounds. Um, and Eddie, Eddie's best place to be is, is, is likely Arsenal. There aren't many Premier League clubs apart from Brighton that are really screaming out for a striker. And when you've got the Champions League potentially in the mix next season, you're definitely going to get games. And playing in Europe next season isn't going to be like it was last year, where it's like you're playing Ostersons. You know, you could be getting, you know, 20 minutes at the, at the new camp. Or you know, like at Milan or wherever. So I think um, I think he's making a case. I'd love to see him get a few more goals in the yeah. final games. I mean, let's be honest. Leeds United got absolutely smashed by Manchester City yesterday. They've got a load of injuries, and Arsenal are Manchester City light. There's a real opportunity to 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 get some goals on, on the board and say to Mikel Arteta, look. I got five goals in eight or nine games. Imagine what I can do over the course of a season. So I thought it was a brilliant performance from Eddie. I'm glad that he's um, he's starting to shine. And I'm glad that most fans are starting to recognise that he could be useful next season. So just, just on Eddie. So, I mean, you talked about him getting a new deal. I, I'm still not at this moment. I'm not convinced that he's the best we could do as a sub striker. I do understand your point about it would save some money and uh, give us more resources to look elsewhere. I'd like to... You, the point you ended on is key for me. I'd like to see some more goals yep. towards the end of the season to just show me a bit more that, you know, this guy can do it. And then he might look like an able deputy. I'd, of course, there's no other Premier League teams that he'd rather be. He's at Arsenal. What, Eddie don't want to play for anyone more than us. Of course he doesn't. But I'd like to see... Um, I'd like to see him actually be that difference in terms of goal scoring. We're going to need it. But overall, this is what I would say as the biggest uh, kind of compliment to him. Today was the first day. And I mean, Chelsea was his best performance, obviously. But yeah. that could have been a one-off game. Do you know what I mean? Like everyone can get lucky sometimes. Today, based off of the last few games that he's done, was the first time when I looked at him and thought, this guy is a legit striker in this league. Like the ball was going into him. It wasn't bouncing off him. You know, he was holding it up. He was causing bothers, bother with his runs. He was having some smart shots at goal. And I think that his finishing, while still probably the best part of his game, you know, needs to get a little bit crisper because sometimes you're going to just get one or two opportunities. And I'd like... There was one There was one chance that he should have scored from, definitely. Um, Which one? The, the Moel Nenny through ball? Yeah, I, I mean, Moel yeah. Nenny, just call it... Just channeling Dennis... Dennis the Menace Burkamp, you know, or, 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 or Sesk with some majestic play. Very Sesk. Very, yeah, very Sesk. But when Eddie, at the end of the day, he's beat that man, he's in, living in Kurt Zuma's nightmares again, cuts inside. But then at that point, you're a Premier League striker, mate. You've got to find that bottom corner. I know it went far away, but that's the difference for me between him getting a new deal and not. He needs to start. Show me that you can tuck ones like that because we're going to need some more goals from him before the end of the season. And then I and then I start to think about what this what this young man could do away at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. They've got defenders that have nerves jangling all the time. Let him cause carnage with young Eric Dyer. See what happens with him when he can't get any sleep. Um, well done to Eddie. Really, really great today. See, Johnny, that is why people love you on this podcast because you you really dig your heels in. And then when you're convinced otherwise, you change your mind. And I think that that is, uh, that is the sign of, of good analysis, in my opinion. So um, that's great to hear. 
Okay, so I tell you something where there's going to be no disagreement whatsoever. Maybe title. Tommy Asu. I mean, uh, apparently he didn't go down for treatment right after, so maybe it was just a twinge of the calf muscle. But to come back in a game like that and to be so busy, uh, like I, I just can't believe we got him for fifteen million. He's brilliant in the air. He's calm on the ball. He's incredibly fit. I mean, obviously not with his calf muscles. Um, I, I thought he was up there with uh, man of the match today. I thought it was a really classy performance. He dealt with the pressure well. And Arsenal fans just need to remember how many clubs could deal with a player of that quality being out for the best part of five months. So absolutely superb support, uh, performance. I really hope that he is fit for the Spurs game because uh, we're going to need him. What did you think of, um, of, of Mr. Tommy Asu out there today? Well, one of the things that we've almost, you know, come to have, um, you know, forgotten how key it was, was his aerial presence. He, Tommy Asu is a big dude. Is he unit? You know what I mean? Like, is he 6'1 or 6'2? Six, I think he's 6'1, but he, he wears it as well. He's, he's, he's he does, a yeah. strong boy. And against a team like West Ham, when they're, I remember, you know, in, in the first half, they're whipping a few balls in and Tommy at the back post and you're just like, I'm not worried about this guy getting leapt all over. And even from, you know, uh, an offensive point of view, when we're, when we're um, actually uh, having set pieces in their half, he's a threat because he, he, he attacks the ball. And it is so, it's so refreshing to see him back in the team. In terms of like play, when he's facing up players, there's so much more confidence you can have. He doesn't let people skin him. Very rarely does he let people skin him. And, he absolutely plays with the intensity that we we are going to need. We're going to need it all the way to the end of the year. Um, I am a little bit troubled by the fact that, you know, he seemingly broke down. I don't know. We're still waiting for clarification on what what's happened with him. It's great if he isn't injured because I'd love to see him start the next game as well. And he, he should start if he's fit. But, you know, when he's in the team, you can see the difference. I do think that Cedric didn't let anyone down when he's in there, but he's not as good as Tommy Asu. He's not as defensively sound. Um, he, you know, is much more liable to be getting skinned than Tommy Asu is. And when you have the enigma that is Nuno Tavares on the other side, like there's only so much, you know, um, lottery scratch cards we need playing on a on a field. We need some solidity. We need we need to know. You know, we need to know someone's match rating before before the um, the, the ref blows the whistle. And Tommy Yasu's going, listen, seven at a minimum. That's what I'm dishing out. Seven at a minimum. That's my minimum. Nuno Tavares gives you the whole scale. He goes zero to ten. Somewhere in there. That's my range. You know, so um, I think that now, when when we looked at it a few weeks ago and we thought, has injuries just cost us? This top four race, Party went down, Tierney went down, Tommy Asu out for five months. And suddenly, Tommy Asu's come back and looked, you know, he's hit the ground running. That was an excellent performance today that not many people um, could put out, even when they've had, you know, when they've been playing for five months and and, and they're fully in, in their groove. And then you start hearing rumours that Thomas Party might be back for the NLD as well. And you start going, wow, uh, the injury uh, gods may actually be giving rather than taking away from Arsenal. So who he knows? Might not, he, he might not. Party might not even be able to get in that midfield for the North London derby. Big Mo <laughs> and Granite Jacker bossing it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, we're, we're being a bit silly though, to be fair. Yeah, Party, I, 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 take that, I take that back. I take that back. Over <laughs> he, the top. He was full, he was straight off a Ryanair flight last time and he was straight into the team. Yeah. We know, we know no, he goes straight no, in. No, no doubt what's going to happen if he's fit. Yeah. The, so let's... um. Yeah, I totally agree. I think Tommy Asu, like, he's one of the best right backs in the league. Most secure, I think, if he can work on his on his final ball. But I think that sort of hyper specificity of what he came in to do is superb. And uh, like uh, the diagon uh, in the in the comments has just put up a post saying Mikel says that Saka and Tommy Asu uh, should be okay. And what I do like, uh, I feel like it's a bit of an evolution with Arsenal as a whole. If our players feel a tweak. They go off. They don't make. They try not to make things worse these days. Uh, you know, like Thomas Partey came back uh, too early last season and 
you know, cost us an entire season. But Saka usually goes off as soon as he's feeling like he's on the verge of an injury. And it's, you know, it'd be great if Tommy Asu is fit for the next game and maybe he just went off because he had a little bit of cramp in that calf muscle. Um, we've got about 12 minutes to go, so we're going to have to power through a few things. Uh, Ramsdale watch, two games on the bounce. He's made two majestic saves. I thought the, that that save at the with the, the near post Rice um, header was absolutely brilliant today. But also, more to the point, I thought that Aaron Ramsdale started to get a bit of that swagger back with some of his passes. There was one late on where he controlled the ball, uh, turned and just played a lovely ball into Mo Elneny. Do you think Aaron Ramsdale is starting to perk up a little bit? Are we seeing a bit of that, Aaron, from earlier on in the season? What do you think of Ramsdale? Yeah, he's back in his bag now. Got the Jay-Z album playing. I guess I got my swagger back. It's, it's <laughs> you know, it's down. He he looked very good today. And Matt, I, I know the save you're talking about. Near post glance there. It was a, it was a fantastic save. And Wonderful. it was... There are times when you see moments like this and they go on to completely define how the game would go. If they score at that moment, we're, you know, we're in big trouble. Bang in trouble. I don't think we go on to win the game, even though obviously there were chances. I, I don't think we would have won it anyway. And it was key and it was Ramsdale getting back to his best. And it's, it's you know, a, a very welcome sight. I thought what was particularly, um, you know, particularly encouraging for us is his his... Ability on the ball was shining again today. In recent weeks, it wasn't just, you know, that he's maybe let a few goals in that he should be saving or doing better with. He started to look a bit more shaky with the ball at his feet. It was it was really, um, you know, the encouragement we'd initially had was starting to drain away. That he, it seemed like there was, you know, you know, there was a ricket coming sooner or later. But he looked really, really good on the ball today. His range of passing was there. There was one moment when he decided to give... Well, there was two moments, actually, when he decided to give um, all Arsenal fans a little cardio check, um, check check on the strength of the heart. And that was when he had the ball at his feet. He split literally Antonio, I think it was, and um, Bowen closing him down. He just split him. He's like, yeah, ball into my feet. Yeah, have it Top back. Level. It's, it's Top class. Level. But then, obviously, there was also the moment when he came careering out and... When Bowen went he down, was I thought really lucky. I thought that was a red card at first. I was like, I was like, this is it. This is going to cost us. Ja- so- Jared, Jared got away with J- Jared by Jared being honest. He he got he got a yellow card. If he just gone, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna just plow into him. Ramsdale's off uh, and suspended for a couple of games. Amazing yeah. that the ref did. You know, I, I thought, Jesus, what I, what is Ramsdale doing here? So that was that was that was a. a I mean, I know he, he needed to try and engage him at that point when the ball's there, but ultimately it was reckless. Uh, and he got himself into a situation where he really needed to take the ball. I, I don't think it was a foul, though. He pulled, he pulled his leg away. Ramsdale did. And remember, it, it doesn't so much matter whether he got sent off. VAR would have ultimately, um, you know, um, overseen the situation. And if they looked at that, that wasn't a foul. He pulled his legs away. That's not getting people sent off. It shouldn't be. Um, so... It isn't it a regular was... thing, that though. He's not. He's usually pretty good with his timings on those things. Like I, I, you know, Chesney used to be a little bit worse for those types of things. I don't feel that's a tick in his game. I think the tick in his game is that when he's lacking confidence, he starts to punch and push. But I thought he was. A, I thought he was a little bit more secure today. And even for the goal, I mean, that was the jammiest of deflections. If it didn't, if it didn't deflect, he's got that covered. Yeah, yeah, it does. And and, and overall, I just thought he. He was back to not quite his best, but not far off it. And it's certainly going to give us all... Look, overall, what we're trying to convey here when we do, you know, the, this kind of breakdown and analysis is it's that it's not just the result. It's the confidence that this gives not only the players, but the fans that, you know, it's not enough to just be... Sorry, it, of course, we would bite your hands off for it. Just, you know, goals going in off our asses and getting lucky. But... We've still got games to win. So we need to try and, you know, generate that form and generate that confidence that's going to get us over the line because the work is not done at this stage. But when you see performances like this, whereas three games ago, you're going, where's our next win coming from? Now we're looking at Leeds. You're going, you're getting banged up. Then give us Tottenham. Let's go. If we if we go there, 
with you know the ability to lose to them i think i think we'll beat them I, if we don't if we don't have pressure if we're four points clear i think we'll beat them at their ground and if we if we beat them at their ground yeah on the Totteringham's. then they then they go to burnley and it's like a 12 o'clock kickoff Horrible. Everybody no. in sport hates an early kickoff after a Thursday night game. It, it, it doesn't matter though, Pete. The whole point is if, if Liverpool beat Tottenham or draw with them and then we beat Tottenham at their ground, St. Tottenham's day is here because they Ooh. won't be able to catch us. So we can win for St. Tottenham's. Right. And... Um, let's get excited. Let's let's talk about slides because I've got some slides to share with you. But while while we are here, I never do this. If you are listening or watching on YouTube right now, just click that subscribe button wherever it is because then you will always know when we're about to go live. I know that we did a sneaky little live one in the week and the only people that could attend were the people that subscribe. We don't often get asked for subscribers. So click that subscribe button. I'm going to add some slides now if you're listening. It's the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. It's West Ham. Um, Okay, so the game, I didn't actually notice... um, it felt like we were getting battered at times today, but Arsenal had 13 shots, seven on target. Uh, four of those came from Eddie and Ketia. Um, I think pass completion rate was like 87% compared to West Ham's 89%. But overall, you know, you, you can't look at that game and say that we didn't deserve to win because we absolutely did. Let's look at the table. We're looking at the table right now. Um, four... The people that were struggling to see improvement in Arsenal this season, we are now looking at a situation where Arsenal have won one more game than the European champions, Chelsea, uh, with one of the third most games in the league. I think that kicks up our win percentage to quite a high rate. Consistently, we've been uh, punching uh, as as a fourth place team this season and six months of uh, last season. Johnny, when you look at that table and you see Chelsea just three points ahead of us, do you feel... Do you feel good? Do you feel like we're on the right track? I do. I do, and I and I do honestly think that Chelsea might get pulled into this if they don't win next Tuchel week. Tuchel is not happy. He is not a happy bunny. If they don't win next week, I don't trust them to get over the line. I think they'll. I think they'll bottle it. They are spiraling at the moment. They look really poor. You know, I mean, this is a poor Everton team that they've just been beaten by. They got beat by Brentford. They're, they're getting roughed up by everyone. No one's fearing them at the moment. Battered. They got battered. Battered exactly, and then and then North London's finest showed up and gave them one again. You know what I mean? Restless nights for Tiago. We've been over that. So yeah. you know, long may it continue. Can uh, long may it continue? Do you know on the on the uh, on the weather uh, when you get weather reports and it says you know twenty six degrees feels like twenty eight. You know what I mean? And it's like, oh, that feels... I've always found that funny. It's like, well, just tell me really if it feels like it. That's all I really want to know. What does it feel like? And it feels like we are a top four team. It does. Oh, I love it that. Feels journey. like it. Like it. It's not obviously. We know it's not over, and we are going to have to hound to the end. But when you go to Stamford Bridge, give them something. United at home, give them something. West Ham, give them something. That feels like what a top four team does, and we're starting to dish out the beats in. With, with good regularity, and it's the, it was the final hurdle for me, showing that you could handle the big teams, not bottle it, not melt, and we look we look the part. We feel like top four, and I hope we don't blow it. I don't think we will. I think we can absolutely get this done. And as I say, next weekend could be enormous because if we give Leeds what's what's owing to them, that and Liverpool, you know, just do what they've been doing to everyone else in a game they absolutely have to have. Um, we play Tottenham Hotspur at their ground. Winner takes all. If we beat them, winner takes all for us anyway. If we beat them, we literally start the St. Tottenham's Day celebrations on the pitch and start belting out, we got top four at White Hart Lane. Yes. We got top four. It's you all know, there for us. The, uh, the other notable pit that I, I don't know whether you saw, uh, Liverpool rested five or six players against Newcastle yesterday because... They're obviously going to go all out against Spurs. They see that as the slightly more threatening game. And if Spurs show up like they did against Leicester at Anfield, they are going to get absolutely battered. And Antonio Conte doesn't have any other choice. He has to go with a very full-strength side. And I wonder what that's going to do 
for their motivation going into the Thursday game. Because like you said earlier, Spurs looked extremely nervous against an awful, awful Leicester side. Um, just a couple of other points to note, because I know that we've got to rush through this a little bit. Um, Arsenal are now uh, joint fifth uh, out of the top seven for scoring goals. Uh, West Ham have 53 goals this season. Arsenal and United have 54. So again, just conceptualise this. Imagine if we had a striker that could score 20 goals a season, put a big, tall beast of a man up top and imagine what we're going to do next season. So um, let's just look at uh, what's coming up. Uh, This is slightly outdated and uh, the formatting on this slide is horrible, but Arsenal's remaining fixtures now. Uh, We've got two o'clock kickoff um, against Leeds next week at home. Uh, Leeds got absolutely battered. Um, They are still in a bit of a relegation dogfight. They're in Uh, the rally zone, mate. They're in the rally zone today. And I think Stuart Dallas picked up an injury. So they're going into that game with lots of problems. Um, extremely junior. I think that Arsenal have got enough to do them at home. And that evening on Saturday, um, Liverpool go away to Liverpool, who will likely be coming off um, an away win. Uh, Unai Emery's Villarreal. Uh, and then... Then it's uh then it's game on. Then it's the big Thursday night clash. It's exciting, right? It, it, it's it's massively exciting, and I I do have to go um anyway, so I will keep this kind of short. But I needed I need to give someone else a little bit of attention, and I know he's he's had his plaudits over the year, but I thought what we're going to need to get over the line is maturity and calm, and I think that. Martin Erdegaard embodied what we needed today. There was a moment when we were about to play circus football. You've got the jack-in-the-box that is Nuno Tavares doing crazy things. Granite Xhaka had a little couple of minutes of, like, carnage. El Nenny, in those moments, isn't going to drag people through on his own. And there was a moment where there was a scramble in our box... And the ball kind of come loose and everyone was starting to play fast. Xhaka had it. You could see he didn't want it. And Martin Erdegaard, if you watched him, was just going, calm the fuck down. Give me the ball. And he was literally like, into my feet. And it literally, you saw, he was like the conductor of an orchestra. The whole team relaxed and we started playing slow. And that is how you go to big teams like West Ham and secure the win. It's about playing with maturity and composure. And I thought he absolutely deserved, you know, the armband that he's wearing today. Like I thought he I thought he led by example and his his um history of playing at the highest level, playing with the pedigree of players that he have that he has at Real Madrid, is shone through today because this moment is not too big for Martin Erdegaard. This moment's just right. He wants the lights to shine the brightest because that's when he does his best work and you know, shout out to Martin. I thought he'd done really well. If, if nothing, if if for nothing more than helping to calm Arsenal down and let us play the right way to get us over the line and get this result. Absolutely concur with that. Okay, Johnny, we are about up on uh, on the on the whistle podcast. An absolute joy to be on with you with our third win in a row. We go to Leeds next. That's a home game. I think. We had enough numbers to um, to make it a guarantee that we're going to do an on the so we're going to do a before the whistle preview this week. We might have a we might have a special guest that we're talking to. We're trying to organise that um, somebody that's shot a very a documentary with a very famous footballer. Um, so we, we we might have some new stuff coming in. And if you are watching this, remember subscribe to the YouTube video so you always know when we're about to go live. If you're listening to this on the podcast on Apple, please give us a five-star review and give us a nice little write-up. If you are if you are listening to this on Spotify, I didn't even know that they have five-star ratings. Give us a five-star rating there as well um, because we'd love to see that. And Johnny, where can people find you on uh, the internet? As always, at iJohnnyCochran for the best Twitter account there is out there right now. Um, yeah, so, uh, no, I'm, I mean... It would be nice if you can follow me on my socials. Um, always helps me out. And it's good to chat Arsenal with you fine people. You find specimens out there. Um, but, yeah, I won't be on the whistle next week at the, after Leeds because I'm going to be on holiday. 
at a continental centre parks. Guilty. Lovely. Lovely. Yeah. That's a shame. That's a shame. I have to get man like Matt Candela. Um, Matt, if, if you see Matt out and about, don't take any pictures or post it on the internet. He's probably getting up to all sorts, um, <laughs> mingling with the ICF uh, after the game, having a fight. Um, but on that note, uh, thank you for listening. We really appreciate uh, the, the views and we appreciate you tuning in on, on iTunes and Spotify and wherever else you get our podcasts. Ciao for now. We'll see you on the whistle next week. Enjoy the week, Gooners. Podcast Network.